In this week's episode of In the Paint, we go over the Lakers' two big contract extensions that they just gave out, the impact, what we think the future looks like for them, um, and then we move into talking about the max contracts for the rookie class of 2017s that were just given out. So we've got Bam, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and De'Aaron Fox all getting max money in their rookie extensions. We talk about if they're worth it, if anybody's going to regret it, things of that nature. And then we move into some other news about Wall, John Wall, and, and Russell Westbrook getting traded and swapped for each other's teams. We talk about why that happened, what we think the outcome of those are, and was there anything else that could have happened um, between those two or just for any team with a deal with those two players. We take a quick break, and then we come back and we talk about the debacle that is the Big Ten college football season. We talk about Ohio State, what they have to do to maybe get into the college football playoff, and then we kind of talk about the college football playoff in general. And we close out the episode talking about college basketball, which started last week before Thanksgiving. We talked about what we thought of college basketball so far, who the best teams and players have been that we've watched, what we think about our hometown team, Ohio State, and then, um, you know, just kind of where we see the college basketball season going from there. Um, you know, but so far, we've had some some pretty successful games. We've had some rough games and successful games. But for the most part, if you can get a 32-game college basketball season done during a pandemic, um, hats off to that. And then we end off the episode with our toast of the week um, as we do each week and each episode of In the Paint. So that's the episode. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of In the Paint. Lately you've been searching for the only one who knows what you're fighting for. I got what you want. I got what you need. I got what you need. All right, welcome back to another episode of In the Paint. I am joined, as I am every time we record, with my buddy, my hooping pal, my co-host, Joe. It's been a minute. What's going on? How you doing? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. Did the whole uh, the whole quarantine thing to be able to see some family. Um, so it was mu- it was you know long overdue, but uh, it was good. It was a nice, peaceful, food filled Thanksgiving. How about you? Uh, same, man. Same. Just. Uh kind of chill and relax and uh got to watch some college basketball so that was yeah cool. we'll talk about that a little bit and uh and uh, a couple of nba league news not not a whole lot but uh some interesting things i think so yeah definitely definitely some notable things to, to hit since we haven't you know recorded and, and spoken you know maybe like a week and a half two weeks um so i mean we'll start let's first start with like the biggest news of yesterday and today but we had some big name lakers sign some contracts yeah, um, AD getting a, a basically a five-year deal, uh, one with the option at the end, 190 million max deal. No surprise that it's a max deal. Um, the length though surprised you, right? Yeah, only because everything that like I had kind of read um, was it was going to be one and one. Like he was going to he was going to do whatever LeBron did, right? Yeah. Is everything I was reading. So I was even not necessarily shocked, but I was a little like thrown off when LeBron did the two and one. Because everything that I read was he was going to do a one and one, right? Like it was essentially going to be one and ones to make the most every year that he could. And, you know, I'm not saying that he was going to ever leave, but if for some reason LA just was a dumpster fire at some point, like scandals and all this crap came out, like LeBron had an out, right? Like he had his out if he wanted one. But yeah, so when I saw that like LeBron did the two and one, I'm like, oh, here comes AD's two and one. Then I see the bomb, not bombshell, but like the report this morning, I was like, oh, four and one. Like, yeah, they're in for the long haul, like you said. Like, they're in. No, they are. They're not even looking past, you know, this season and trying to repeat. I think, you know, I think LeBron has it right now, his goal. I mean, and his goal has to be, right, to, to do a three-peat to match Jordan at this point, right? 
I mean, in his head, that's about all he has left to accomplish. He's gotten a, he's gotten a repeat before. He's gotten championships with three separate teams now, um, completely different teams, completely different rosters. And now, um, and now just to, you know, put the icing on the cake, I think he's going for at least a three-peat, right? I mean. Yeah, if I, I heard this question posed on, I think it was first things first this, this morning, but so Nick Wright was like, if I had to give you, if I gave you these two options, if I gave you, LeBron gets zero rings in the next three years or he gets two. What are you? What are you taking? Oh, two. Right, and then he goes, and if I give you the options of one ring in the next, you know, whatever years, let's say fi- in the next five years, one ring in the next five or three, what are you taking? Ooh, and Probably that's tougher. But, yeah, right, so like, tougher, but it's but... somewhere in that like one to two range. Like we're assuming yeah. it's it's more likely six than it is just staying on four. Oh, absolutely. But it may not be seven. But we're like, we're definitely thinking it's more than four and probably more than five, like if we had to guess. Yes, absolutely. So I'm spot on with you. Yeah, we did that. uh, We kind of talked about that uh, in the inflammatory marks. Wasn't really inflammatory uh, a month or two ago when we talked about, well, you know what? There's a chance for him to actually get to six now. And uh, and it's played out, you know, uh, that way. So it goes to show you how much... He did not trust Cleveland. Him signing these deals, right, LeBron? Yeah, it's not even necessarily Cleveland, just more Dan Gilbert. Exactly. Well, yeah. Which, I mean, was Cleveland's front office. So, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That That was it. He wanted to go back there. He wanted to win his championship, but he was going to do it on his terms, and there was no trust there. And and from his end, you know, you almost say rightfully so. Um, You know, He's never – Gilbert has never extended a general manager. Did you know that? Not once. Correct. So, like, he – you know, he was willing to spend – he spent a ton of money on those LeBron teams. But he just didn't have that, I don't know, basketball smarts or – he just wasn't a, a, a guy that, you know, LeBron had – at any trust point. So well, he spent. See, real quick, let's have a let's have a um, a referendum on that. He spent money on the second time around LeBron. He yes. would not spend money on the first time around LeBron. A thousand. His percent. best player and most expensive was Antoine Jameson, who was aging already. And then the best the best other player, like I mean, they had Zdrinas Ogalskis already, so they didn't necessarily have to spend the money. I mean, the other notable player, what Delonte West, Booby Gibson. Like I'm being serious. Like no, yeah. I, that was what they had, Larry Hughes at one point. So it's like the Absolutely. second time around, Dan Gilbert like had right had righted some wrongs and said, Okay, well I'm gonna spend some money. But then when it came when like the cards were on the table and you had a chance to get Paul George or you had a chance to get Kemba Walker or somebody like that, and all you had to do was just roll with LeBron taking one and ones instead of committing long term, he chose not to. And that was because he he again knew that like he thought that he had to be this big bad guy that locked LeBron up for five years, and LeBron was never going to lock up for five years. That just wasn't his thing. No. And it still isn't. He's still only ever locking up for like three at the most, two well, at the he, most. Well, as I was to say, it's two, right, with an option? Yeah, with an option. So like two at the yeah. most. Yeah. Now, it just, you know, Cleveland has been a terrible, obviously, front office, and Gilbert has been a terrible owner. And this just sums it up right here in just this fact or statement. They've had, which in my opinion and yours and, and stats say, the greatest player of all time for, a, he was in Cleveland seven years and then four years, right? So 11 seasons. Yeah. 
They have one title. One time. And, and in LeBron's career, he has three other ones in his sixth seasons. Yeah. That have not been at Cleveland. Yeah, and like you said, the the percent you said three, yeah, so three out of six. So so fifty percent of them have come other places and in less time and with much better organizations, right? Yes. That, so it's just, I mean, that just shows you right there that when he's not when he's not with the Cavs, he has a fifty percent chance of winning an NBA Finals. It's a coin like, flip, <laughs> like. <laughs> And, he, and, and we know he's going to be in the finals. Like, that's just kind of what happens. Like, essentially, if he's not yeah. in Cleveland, he's in the finals, and he's got, again, as anybody else would say, if you're in the finals, you have a, a coin flip. But the fact that he just gets there every single time is unreal. It's um, crazy. Another thing so I, I think that, like, people are maybe – I don't want to say they're missing it because we talk about it. There's two things, and I'll, I'll let you go in a second. But there's two things that I was thinking about when I saw this. One, he almost assuredly – makes it that he's going to play with his son at some point. Yes. When you sign that two and one, he'll be 2020, it'll be 2023, you know, at the end of that deal, which if the one and done change, or if the, uh, if college basketball changes the one and done, he'll be able to go right in, which I don't know if he's ready to do that, but I'm just saying like, we're just talking timeline here. Yeah. And then, but let's, let's say even at that point, LeBron signs another one and one or a two and one, whatever. Then his son doesn't can go to college for one year wherever he wants to go, and he'll still be in the league even if he's not a top ten player. If he's a top twenty player, if he's a top thirty, he's still playing with his son, which is what we yeah. all know he wants to do. Like right. we all talk about the six titles and whatnot. Sure, he wants to get that, but I think above everything else, I think he wants to just be in the league with his son, which would be super dope, right? That's awesome. So that's, yeah. that's step one, or that's part one. Part two is this is eerily similar to like the Kareem and Magic, but like flipped, right, with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Because yeah. Kareem was on his way out, like was, was slowing down a little bit and like wasn't the elite guy anymore. And Magic seamlessly took over and they still won titles. What it's going to be is the flip. LeBron's going to be the, the guard or the, you know, the point center who then kind of slows his role a little bit, hands the reins over. And AD is literally just getting to that peak right now. Like, the fact that P- that AD signed the four and one shows you okay. Obviously, he's the guy for the long haul, but also he trusts everything that is going on in LA. Absolutely, he does, and uh, you know because you don't you don't see that. I mean, what did Kevin Durant sign sign in Brooklyn? I'd have to look it up. It might be a one and one or a two and one. It was a it was a one and one or two. And I one. think That's it was a one. Yeah, the thing for short the term, top, the top. You know, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, the top. The top players in the NBA right now, because of what LeBron did and going back to Cleveland, uh, yep. they don't sign long terms. So the fact that you're able to get him uh, for four years, it just it's 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 huge for the Lakers and it's huge, uh, you know, just for that organization to show that you know they they have their stuff together and that AD trusts them and LeBron trusts them and like you know barring injuries. You know, this is a dynasty right now. So, well, oh yeah, I remember. He 
he did the sign and trade, remember? So like he technically signed the four year deal with Golden State, but remember they they traded oh, right. him to Brooklyn for a piece. Yeah. So like I think he has a four year deal, but like we know that if he would have just signed with Brooklyn, it would have been a one and one or a two and one. Correct. Yeah, and uh, that whole thing was weird to me that like he showed loyalty to Golden State even though they showed none to him, and like he they gave him he signed with them so they could trade for a draft pick and shit. I'm like, what are you what are you doing? Like they they wanted you out so bad. Like Draymond called you a bitch, and you're gonna sign a sign and trade with him or with that squad. Like that was weird to me. But um, all that said, Lakers. I mean, all the pieces they did. Now having these two guys locked up for at least three years with LeBron included, and if not, you know, for five, if if you know LeBron signs another one and one, this is the prohibitive favorite, like you said, and I'll let you expand upon it. But the prohibitive favorite for for at least three, if not five or more years. I mean, I can't think of a team off the top of my head right now where I'd be like, oh wow, you know, they, you know, that's a coin flip, or you know, that's a possibility. Um, obviously with injuries and obviously, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but they are the prohibitive favorites. Like oh, if you for sure. go look down the list for the next year or two, there's not a team that has the cap space or to, to really do anything to challenge them at this point. I don't think so. Uh, it'll be interesting. So, um, yeah, no, you're right. I think, uh, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the, Oh yeah. The, so the 2021 odds on, you know, Vegas, Lakers are they're they're around like plus three hundred plus three twenty. Next closest is the Bucks at five fifty. So you're already losing two to one odds from the first to the second. And the next closest is Brooklyn and L.A. So it's the other L.A. So it's like even then. And then the next closest is Boston at thirteen to one. So you're already there's a big jump between like the elite teams and then the like second tier teams. So we already know that they view the Lakers rightfully so as as this massive favorite, which they should be. And then, uh, so so we had those two contracts, or we, those two LA contracts. But then we saw throughout like the past like three weeks or so, maybe even two, we saw some like some of the rookies from that 2017 class starting to get their max extensions or their rookie, you know, their rookie extensions. So talk a little bit about. I know you're you're big on you're big on draft classes and like hits and misses and where they land. Even when we talked about the draft, you know, a couple weeks ago, you were big on like busts and wins and surprises and stuff like that. So you love that stuff. So talk about the 2017 draft class in general, but then talk about um, just where you see these guys falling, all those numbers and stuff with contracts. Well, it looks like we had, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's four uh, from the 2017 rookie class that got max contracts, right? I believe so, yes. Bam, Donovan Mitchell, Tatum. No surprises with those three. Those three were going to get, you know, as much money as they possibly could. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, worth a max contract? I want to talk about that for a second. What do you think? Well, so, I mean, the easy answer is yes, right? Like, if you're in Sacramento and you find a guy that's elitely talented like he is, you're going to lock the dude up for as long as you can. And, if he, and, and again, these rookie contracts, it almost comes down to, like, does the rookie want to want to make a ton of money? Like, let's just be real. Because all these guys... If they were to turn down an extension and play out the contract, they would have made a ton of money again or somewhere else, yes. maybe. So it really comes down to, like, if you're De'Aaron Fox, do you want to make a ton of money in Sacramento or do you just want to make a ton of money, less ton of money, but less somewhere else? And sometimes that, like, big gap between the extension and what you can make sometimes without that team signing you as an extension is big enough to stay. 
Um, well, yeah. And maybe it was for him. And and again, maybe he loves Sacramento. Like I'm saying, I've been to Sacramento. It's not a terrible place to live at all. The team sucks, but like, but the actual city of Sacramento is not bad at all. So maybe he just likes Sacramento. Maybe the strip club scene's great there. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> but like. I don't know. Go on. You, you have thoughts, and so I, I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me, but I think with that, I think I think it makes sense that he took it. No, I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form that he took it because I don't know who else would offer it at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that makes sense. Or if he you know, played out his contract, if he would have gotten anything close to better or a max contract from tomorrow. So I don't think that's the case. And that's what free agency and that's what signing on to, that's how the system is designed to go, right? Is that yep. so you can keep your own players. You have an advantage of keeping your own players. So, um, and I guess if you're Sacramento, you kind of just have to do it, right? I mean, you have to offer it. You can't let him walk for nothing. I mean, I guess you could trade him, but you know, you're probably not going to get value back. So you just take a chance on him and he hasn't been awful. Like, He's oh, I think he's been – I think he's been – we'll talk about the guys from this class. Okay. We can start to pull up some numbers, and I think he may be one of the best performing guys from this class. I Okay. But you would say the other three are perennial all-stars. Is is he in that group? The other three, not even are perennial all-stars. The other three have the potential. Maybe not right now. There might be some on the fringe. Our top – 15 top 20 players in the NBA is De'Aaron Fox there or is he going to get there so let me ask you so we'll we'll start we'll start with the three the Bam Donovan Mitchell and Tatum let's rank those where do you have those falling in in terms of those three because I think we probably agree but I want to know like where your gap is but just like so who's one through three there they're all close right I feel like yeah I feel like Tatum took a massive leap so I think I agree him at number one out of this class, right? Yeah. Okay. And then second, it's almost need-based. And if you're looking at skill set, which is which is more, I guess, valued, um, there's not very many guys like Bam. There's not many who can defend like him, who can pass like him, and who can do those things. So of the slightest, slightest, and I'm saying slightest margin, if you were to give me one or the other that I had to start a team with today, I'm I'm choosing Bam. So I think you over Donovan Mitchell, but Tatum overall. So I think what you brought up though is like the the where I was getting at. Tatum is head and shoulders above the other two. Like I I know we said it's a close gap. I think we met like it's a close gap between like two and three. Because because Tatum, like you said, massive step and and I think it I don't know if he will get there, but that's like we'll win it, but at some point we'll be top three, top four MVP voting. Yes. for the years to come right yes. not that bam and and um and, and donovan mitchell can't get there but it's more of a shoe in for tatum than it is the other two correct now let me argue this for deer and fox i think the gap between two three and four is very slim i know you're not as high on deer and fox as probably i am but but i think the two through four is a lot closer than like we probably think about so let's get let's do this if you switch De'Aaron Fox and Donovan Mitchell's teams, because we we both know that fit is is massive. Okay, does Utah take a step back? Does Sacramento get better? Are they? I mean, is it just a matter of where they were drafted? I mean, what do you what do you think of that? So they you actually, story, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. So. You got to where I was get where I was alluding to. Sacramento is just a terrible place to start a career. 
Like it, yes. ju- it, it just is. Now, is that it, does that mean that De'Aaron Fox can't still shine? No, because if you're elite, we've seen this. Guys that are elite, Devin Booker in Phoenix for a long time. If you're elite, you just you're just a bucket. Like, yeah. and sometimes stats are empty, but at least we know, like, hey, you're a bucket. We know Cat is is great. He just plays in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Um, we know, we know, uh, again, De- Devin Booker. We know Aiton at some point will be really good, and maybe it's this yeah. year. Like, will be really so. good. I think that the, the De'Aaron Fox thing is he started in Sacramento. And if he's in Utah, are they the same? Are they better? I don't know, but I would think that maybe De'Aaron Fox has the same stats as Donovan Mitchell right now if they're in if he's in Utah. And if yeah. Donovan Mitchell is in Sacramento, he may have the same stats as De'Aaron Fox. It's you know it just kind of depends on where you go. That's why I think the margin. Now again, I think Bam is probably a a farther ahead two than like three through four. But I honestly could flip Donovan Mitchell and and De'Aaron Fox, and I don't think it would be that big of a of a discrepancy. Like win shares, like right now on win shares, Donovan Mitchell has a five and a half, and De'Aaron Fox has a four. But like I'm looking at the stats and. De'Aaron Fox is like not far behind in almost every statistical category. So it's like right. it might just matter by where he's playing, essentially. Which is true. I mean, I mean, Sacramento hasn't – I mean, they had a couple good years with Chris Webber and Peja Soyakovich 20 years ago. And, I mean, that's that's been their history. Yep, that's so. their calling card. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about – where these guys fell in that 2017 Seriously, draft. let's do it. Four, four max contracts. So you look at that and you think, oh, that's a pretty good draft. You know what I mean? Like, they come in, you've got, you know, four all-stars out of a draft. Perennial all-stars. We'll put De'Aaron Fox there. He's going to make an all-star team eventually, and yeah. I feel it, right? So, um, but look at where they are drafted here, okay? Yeah. Tatum third, Fox five. Okay. Donovan Mitchell and Bam were 13th and 14th, right at yeah. the end of the lottery. Some of the names that were, uh, were well, the two names that were before Tatum, I mean, looking back at this, you just think, geez, what, what were these guys kind of thinking? And, and maybe it's a little bit different, you know, I mean, you know, Tatum came out of Duke or whatever, but you had Fultz and Ball and Lonzo um, above Tatum. Yeah. And then you had Phoenix grabbing Joshua Jackson over De'Aaron Fox. So, like, were those the folds and balls? Ball solid starting NBA point guard. You know, full. So were those just in your head? Are those just like clear, like stupid misses? Like should Tatum have been the top of this? Or I mean, what, I can't remember if there was a whole lot of questions about him. You know. So I remember reading right. back, you know, back in 2017 when all this was going down. Well, first of all, I'm going to talk about Marco Folds for a second. Because something happened. I mean, I know, he, I know he got hurt. Like, he had messed up his shoulder. And, like, so that happened. But let me tell you something. I watched this dude in Washington. And the dude was an absolute killer. Like, there was a no doubt number one pick from the second he started. He started playing. Yeah, his team sucked. They were, like, 9-22 and 22 or something yeah. like that. Which gives you a little bit of pause. I get that. Like, if you're an elite player, even if you play on a terrible team, you usually can, can win... 15 games, you'll, okay? You'll win games by yourself if you're in Correct, in college, yeah. especially your yeah. non-conference games. Like, you you play, like, right. you know, you sometimes play eight non-conference games. So the fact that he only won nine total is mind-boggling to me. And he played in the Pac-12. It wasn't like he was playing in the freaking ACC. But anyway, so so the Marco Fultz thing, something happened. We've seen it because the shot is horrific. And he's herky-jerky. He's all over the place. So something happened between Washington, 
tear in the shoulder, and then Philadelphia because something's wrong. Well, it almost reminds me of, okay, you, we're, we're Buckeye fans, right? Mm-hmm. Braxton Miller was yes. actually not a bad passer. Like, he wasn't necessarily elite or whatever, but he had an extremely strong arm. He, you know, he threw a good spiral. Um, sometimes a little, I mean, he's one of my favorite Buckeyes of all time. I just. As he I, should be. I, I, love, I, I love the guy. But anyways, um, shoulder injuries are just tricky, man. And when he did it, and uh, and then he did it again a couple yep. days right before the season, um, there are reports that he still can't throw a ball, like, more than, like, 20 25 yards so like you know that is something that your confidence has to be shaken quite a bit right your mechanics like you said are just herky-jerky there's not a lot of fluidity there so like um but you're right he was i mean you want to talk about a guy who was a blur just on the court just extremely fast um and it just hasn't translated and 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 you would hope that you know Maybe because of this, he would never be a great shooter or a great scorer, but there would be other things for him to do because we've seen that. Yeah, so I don't want to. I don't want to belabor the guy too much. Like he no. clearly has been. He's clearly been through a lot, and so like that's that. You're right. The shoulder thing is way bigger than like anybody ever really wanted to talk about, and like we could see it when he was shooting free throws. That one video, I remember looking at it, and I like got sick. I was like, something is severely wrong. Like that he is shooting a free throw that way, like in practice. So that was that was that. He he was the number one pick regardless of what was going on, and then something happened. Right. The Lonzo thing, here's what here's what happened. Jason Tatum was slated to go number two. Like there was a lot of talk that the Lakers yeah. were gonna take him. And then LeVar Ball happened. Okay. Like I I'm just gonna be very blunt. LeVar Ball just started spouting off and he started talking and he's from LA. And I think like there was honestly like a Magic Johnson kind of thing where like I want to prove that I can shut this guy up and that Lonzo Ball is going to be able to play basketball really well. Well, he shut Le- he shut LeVar up, but he didn't make Lonzo any better of a basketball player. And then Lonzo got hurt a lot. And so like again, injuries played a role in both these guys, like not hitting their potential. But the fact that like we're looking back now and Tatum could have been a Laker. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's all like what happened. I don't have exact like the reports on that. I mean, there were reports that like the Lakers wanted Tatum, but like Magic was stuck between LeVar Ball and Lonzo being a point guard and having Magic like vision and all this stuff. Like Magic saw Lonzo as himself and that was why he took him. Um, but like it's inexcusable that Jason Tatum dropped a three. Like now that we're looking back, right? <laughs> with I mean, who got yeah. drafted ahead I mean, of him he's yeah exactly and then you know the rest of this draft the rest of this lottery um there's some solid okay players in this you know yeah. nobody that's obviously to the but but some of the ones uh that were drafted ahead of donovan mitchell and bam um jonathan isaac who like unfortunately i'm really high on but like just can't can't stay healthy yeah yeah exactly uh your boy marking in who again? Like we're gonna see what he actually has because he's got a really good coach now. But like again, I, you know, tough, tough to see these guys go before perennial yeah. all stars. Uh, Josh Jackson. Oh who, boy. Yeah. Who uh, basically just I don't know. Decided not to work in Phoenix and now he's in Detroit, basically on his last leg trying. Yeah, to Yeah, this is it. Together. Yeah, it's like a tryout essentially. Yeah. 
Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who had like 15 really, really good games as a rookie. You're just going to jump over Frankie Smokes like that? <laughs> Frankie Damn, Smokes, yeah. Damn, the disrespect. <laughs> 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 no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Zach Collins, start, uh, you know, starter level, decent player. How about Malik Monk? Oh, boy. Dude, he got the. Remember when he got the like dad slap in the back of the head from Michael Jordan? Cause yeah. he like took a he took a um, like a deep deep half court shot with like eight seconds left instead of just like dribbling the ball up four more times. Yeah, Michael I mean, Jordan did just, the like sad dad slap in the head. <laughs> this is this is just like wonderful Charlotte basketball right here. Like just yeah, you said great, it. He picks great. He picks the best Charlotte. guys. Yeah, exactly. And then you got Luke Kennard. Who might do something for the Clippers this year? I think. So, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, I wish, man. I was actually—it's funny. I think I, going back to like 2017, I think I was like one of the guys that was like pounding the table, like Luke Kennard top ten, Luke Kennard top yeah. five. Like this dude is a gamer. Like he can shoot. He went to Duke. You know all this stuff. And now I'm like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, you know, people were talking about how the, how the Clippers, uh, you know, had a really, really good offseason. They got a Baca. Good for them. Like, yeah. that's great. You know. And then their other two were re-signing Marcus Morris <laughs> and getting Luke Kennard. Like, that's literally, like. Hey, they re-signed yeah. Reggie Jackson yesterday. So oh, don't put that yeah. out. Okay. Don't don't forget right. about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> But it's just so funny. That, like, everybody's like, oh, you know, they had, like, a top, you know five top 10 off season. I'm like, what guys? It's ridiculous. So anyways, um, do you think any of these teams are going to regret any of these max contracts? I don't think any of the, I don't think any of these teams regret it. That was a long winded way of saying nobody's going to regret it. But the only team that thinks that there's something that they actually aren't is the Celtics. So you are, I take it. You are not a fan of them just running it back and hoping Kemba Walker's healthy? Because that's basically what they're doing. Well, like, I'm not a fan of anybody running it back unless you have a gen- like unless you have um an MVP, like top one or top two player in the entire league. Or if you're gonna run it back, like you had to have made it somewhere to run it back. Yeah. That's my thought process. I, mean, I know. I like. I'll Eastern take the bubble finals. But like, but we, but like, we know that. Like, that's kind of what their ceiling is. And they've never really like yes. threatened for a title, right? Like, because they've never they really have, threatened because they don't have that superstar, right? Like, that's right. what has been years past. They get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're a good coach team. They, you know, play well together. They were so so terribly thin this past year. I mean, for sure. just they had nobody. They had no bench. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I so don't think, if you so, do you think anybody regrets what you know no. any of those contracts? No, I don't. I, I really don't. Like, I don't. I don't know if we asked this question or if you answered this question. You asked might have asked me. Do you think they're all worth the max contract? Yeah, I mean, I do. I think you all have. I mean, if you are those teams in their individual situations, none of them would give me pause to give any four of those guys. Max contracts. Does that make sense? That's fair. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, like, because if, if you're Sacramento, you have to do that. Like, you have to. You have to offer them it. Right? Oh, oh, absolutely. If you – see, here's the thing. You run the risk. If you don't offer him that that extension, 
you may not get another rookie to stay with you ever. Absolutely. If right. you don't sign De'Aaron Fox, who is, for all intents and purposes, your best player talent-wise since maybe Chris Webber. Yeah. Like, if you don't sign him to an extension, you let him just, like, you don't even offer it or you don't even give it to him and you just let him kind of play out his contract, you may never get another rookie to sign an extension ever. So right. you have to. Hey, Matt, we had a blockbuster trade this week. Huge impact, I think, on the NBA level. It's going to make a massive difference for both teams. It's uh, earth-shattering. Um, just is going to change the the face of the league, really, in my opinion. So, Hey, Joe, what trade was that? I don't know if uh, I John Wall. It. Yeah. John Wall for West, uh, Russell Westbrook. Okay. I hope you guys get that sarcasm because, <laughs> like, just, to me, like, I don't know. I went off on my own little rant to you about this trade. Like, because, and, and you kind of talked me down from it, but, like, my first thought was, like, okay, John Wall wants out. We haven't seen him play in two years. Okay. The best you can get out of that is Westbrook. Isn't that just the same person, but just older? Like, that, you know, like, why wouldn't you go get some draft picks or go start for a rebuild? I mean, how does this help the Wizards at the moment? That's That was my first initial thought. And then if you're Houston, aren't you looking for the same thing that the Wizards are? You're not just – you're just looking for a younger version of Russell Westbrook? Yeah, so, so we talked about this, obviously, and uh, there was two things that jumped out. One – Yes, this just seems like you're swapping the same guy, right? Like you're really just – and younger, younger, right? Like you said. But then I started to like look and it it really was literally one for one, contract, everything. Like they had two of the worst contracts in sports, the bo- yes. both of them together. Yes. So they literally were just swapping horrible contract for horrible contract because they both wanted out. That was it. And if you're if you're Houston, you go, okay, well, Russell Westbrook wants out, and there's a couple reasons. One, he said he wanted to be the guy. Well, he's still not the guy. Like, Bradley Beal is still the guy, which is the same reason John Wall wanted out. Okay? They both wanted out <laughs> to be the guy. Let's make sure we understand that. They both wanted out to be the guy. They both well, left Bradley teams. Bradley Beal, man. <laughs> they both <laughs> left teams, and they're still not the guy. Right. So maybe they didn't really care about being the guy. Maybe they just really wanted out. I think they care about being the guy. I don't think either one cares really much about winning. You know what I mean? Like they want to – Russell Westbrook throughout his career, I think, and John Wall, I feel like is the same way, um, would be happy happy, averaging, you know, 25-8-8, 25-10-10, Russell Westbrook's triple-doubles, and being the eighth seed in the playoffs – and maybe stealing a game in the first round or two. Wouldn't what wouldn't that be Russell Westbrook seems to me like he would be okay with it. Right? Oh yeah. I, I I've said this before and I don't think it's like necessarily inflammatory. Like he definitely doesn't give a rip about championships anymore. Like he wants to be an icon and be a triple double legend. He would much rather have a statue outside of a stadium, and if that meant he made forty million dollars, then like if it meant to take twenty and win a title. So, right. and I don't and like shoot, 
dude, hey, some people are wired differently. That's what you want to do. That's what you like, do. Yeah, that's some people are wired differently. Like, if he wants to make 40 and be an icon somewhere, like with triple doubles, dude, that's your prerogative. Like, you made 40 million. I can't judge you. Like, that's you. Right. But, but I think John Wall might be kind of the same guy. I think so, too. And we haven't seen him play in two years. Also that. So I do want to give you. I, I want to give you. Pa- I want to. I want to pause the, or like give a perspective here. John Wall was playing at a really, really high level before the Achilles and the heel surgery, right? And Russell Westbrook now not at the high that high of a level, but he was playing at a pretty decently good level before the bubble. Then he got COVID and stuff happened. So now John Wall at one point did. I think he I think he won a first round playoff and then took the Celtics to seven games in the next round, averaging twenty seven and like twelve or eleven. So John Wall can game. Like I'm not no one's denying that. Now sometimes it's on like fifteen of forty shooting and like it's not the most efficient basketball. But dude can ball. And so can Russell Westbrook. But you're right, you're getting a younger guy on the same contract and you're swapping teams. And like I told you, I did the trade machine on ESPN. Zero change in wins. It's exactly the same when you switch when you swap them. <laughs> it so is. it literally is the epitome of a one for one, no value. Just we want out. That's all it is. That's all it was. And I just, I just have visions of like Bradley Beal like standing in the corner watching Westbrook drive through four people, and then not missing the or missing the kickout pass, and Beal just standing there like wide open, throwing his hands up like that's. That's just what I see. I don't know. But, like, isn't that kind of what we want? Like, we don't want Bradley Beal in Washington, right? Like, we want him somewhere good. So, like, if this expedites that process, then, like, I'm all for it. (laughs) And Bradley Beal signed the contract to stay there. I mean, he had the chance to move on. So, you know. and But when he gets done, he'll still only be, I think, 29, 28, 29. Yeah. When his contract's up. So, that'll be a good one. That'll be interesting to see where where he ends up. So, and you you put you asked the question I think over text and on here too. Was there any other deal to be had? The answer is no. Those contracts like both were impossible to move, impossible. Yeah. And if you're Washington, who just signed Bertans to uh, you know a, a like four for eighty or five for eighty or something like that, like you were handcuffed. With, I told I texted you, they were they were like a hundred and some million for the top three contracts that they had. So like the fact that you like that anybody thought that like they could do anything else other than just switch, like you just can't. It's it literally yeah. was impossible. Their luxury tax, I think they're like, I think they were minus twenty one million under the like on top of the cap. It's crazy for Washington. They're gonna <laughs> win like thirty games. And I know twenty one million over the cap. They might not make the playoffs. And they may yeah, they may even be bounced. <laughs> yeah. So that's why like if this ends up doing something like to get you to maybe like the seven or eight seed or whatever, which I don't think it will, but like if it does, like it's worth it because you, you, you got the weird vibe out of there and you know, if you can make the playoffs roll with it, I don't know. So a couple things here, uh, before we move on to the next spot, but, uh, Bradley Beal has spoken so highly of John Wall and about being best friends and everything like that. And, and even said one of the reasons why he signed his extension was, you know, so he could play with his buddy, John Wall. And then John Wall asked for a trade after two years because he's not going to be, because he's not the guy. So then reports of Harden saying that he would rather play with John Wall 
than Russell Westbrook. So, two things. One, John Wall has never in his entire life playing basketball been not been the number one option and leader on the team. Sure. When you go down and Bradley Beal now has emerged, and probably rightfully so as the leader and the best player on the team on the floor at all times for that team, that is really hard to stomach. Regardless of your brotherhood and friendship, we want to say that like friendship trumps that, but like it's tough, I'm sure. Yeah. To look over and be like, dude, I didn't even like do anything to lose this. I just got hurt, which is Alex Smith had it happen. Guys, Drew Bledsoe had it happen. Like guys have had it happen, but. It happens. And like, hopefully, hopefully this doesn't sever that friendship because it was bigger than basketball. We know that. Yeah. But it turned out maybe it wasn't bigger than basketball and it wasn't bigger than ego. Okay. Now, the Harden thing, like, of course he wants to play with Wall. Like, again, we all, I saw this dumb report. Yeah, but of you like, come Ke- out and say it? But hold on. I saw this dumb report about like Kyrie or um, about Kevin Durant when he was talking about like um, uh, talking about getting a chance to play with Harden and he like denied it vehemently like, oh, no, I never said that. Like, I've never talked about playing with Harden. No, no, no. Like, bro, we all know that you guys talk about this and that you, you don't turn down playing with the top players in the league. So like. When somebody asks him, like, hey, do you want to play with John Wall? What's he going to say? Nah, bruh, I want to play with Christian Wood. Like, no, <laughs> you're going to say, I want to play with John Wall. And, like, now, if the report was he wants to play with Wall over Westbrook, yeah, that's probably a problematic report. But I think that, like, if you just— Wasn't that what the report was? Well, that's what, but, I'm, like, I'm saying, yeah, that probably, like, is is problematic. And I think that was the report. But, like, this whole idea of, like, guys saying they want to play with other superstars, like— well, hell yeah. I don't want to play with scrubs. No, you want people who are going to, you know, help you win a championship or, you know, who play. It's like basketball is a very fluid game. Like fit and style matters. Um, you can draw up plays. You can do all sorts of things. But if you don't know offensively or defensively, like we play pickup a lot, right? Yeah. I know where you're going to be by now. Like yeah. offensive, and, offensive and defensively. And there's some guys that, you know, can play together and get it instantly. And there's some guys that we play with that we've been playing with for eight years that we still have no clue. Yeah. And to, to piggyback off that and to roll with it, the, you and I, like, this is not the case, but like you and I could be best friends, but we just may not jive on the basketball court. Yeah. It just may not work. And maybe like Bradley Beal and John Wall, like, our homies and their brothers and whatever, but maybe like at some point they're just like, Hey, our games don't mesh and we need to make a change. Now putting Russell Westbrook didn't change anything, but in just a vacuum, you can say, Hey man, love you as a brother, but we don't play well together. Now you and I do, but there's some people that like we play with and pick up that I'd be like, Hey, love you, but can't do it. Just can't do it. So my only thing with, with all of that and with John Wall, kind of wanting out or whatever, is that he hasn't played with Bradley Beal. And they, we haven't, we, do, do you feel a little cheated? Like, we didn't get to see these two, like, at their apex a little. And granted, I'm not saying that they would have won the Eastern Conference, and I'm not saying they would have gone to the Eastern Conference Finals, but don't you feel that we missed out on some entertaining basketball by not having those two play together? Absolutely. I think this year would have been dope. I wanted to see him play because we hadn't seen it in a minute. And I wanted to see them play together because Bradley Beal has ascended to a, a, absolutely a superstar. 
And John Wall was definitely, yeah, right. And John Wall was an all-star slash superstar before he got hurt. So, like, I wanted to see it for sure. And then you throw Bertans, who's clearly improved a ton. And, like, I wanted to see it. I did. And so I'm bummed. They could have made some noise. Yeah. I agree. I'm bummed for sure. Well. That's all I got about that. Cool. Let's take a break. And then uh, we'll be back to talk some football and then some college basketball. All right. Welcome back. Um... Joe, let's jump into some Big Ten football, and then we'll talk about the college football playoff briefly if you saw those rankings. Um, Joe, you have been the, the, the pounding the drum of frustration for this season in the Big Ten, um, but like you said, just terrible. Just expand upon that a little bit. I, I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, this is – I've been a Big Ten bas- – or a Big Ten – apologist i guess you could even call me that because i've just yeah. you know everybody harps on the sec being the best conference and and they are they had the most nfl talent they do year after year it's true i have always thought that that gap was not as large as what people have made it seem because you have great players that come from the big 10 as well that play in the nfl um and i feel like the system is designed to help the SEC, to be honest with you, at least has been in years past. Um, the playoff system, the BCS before that, you know, those things. Because, especially during the BCS years, the Big Ten, because they draw a lot of eyeballs with Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, a lot of those teams were playing up a level in bowl games. So their bowl record, I've always felt that was a little... Yeah, like, you know, it wasn't great, but I think I felt like it was okay. Ohio State's in the BCS or the playoff every year, so everybody else has to play up, and there was kind of a difference there. So, um, and just some bad matchups, and the fact that they have to travel, you know, across country for these bowls too. So, but they are terrible. Like this season, Matt, and I texted you this, and I'm didn't think you had a response at the time, and I don't know if it was inflammatory or not, but, like, in my head, like, they shouldn't even be playing. Like, it's that bad to me. Like, this, when they decided in August they should have done a spring or they should have done it, you know, four weeks earlier and been a month earlier and help, help these teams because they're struggling. And a lot of it is, you know, you're trying to cram it in like they were, you have no time for mistakes. You're missing games each week. Ohio State might not make the Big Ten championship game and therefore might not make the playoffs. And this is one of the best Ohio State offenses. Their defense is not good, but offenses that we've ever seen. And it's just like, you know, you feel like your hands are tied and they have just completely, completely just mishandled this entire thing. So you've got... Uh, Penn State getting their first win of the season against Michigan, who has two wins, who should only have one win, but records just decided to give that game away. So, like, I mean, we're going – Ohio State's playing Michigan State this weekend, and I'm not saying that I'm scared or anything or I think that Ohio State is going to lose, but in a season like this, wouldn't it make sense? I'm just saying. So – um, I, yeah, I don't have anything else to add other than, um, it, yeah, 
that's, I don't have anything else to add. You you hit everything on the head, and um, and then Northwestern no, it, losing like that to Michigan. I mean, God, like it. It truly is, and and then yeah, and um, Wisconsin losing to Northwestern, and you know when they were supposed to be this powerhouse, and and all this stuff, and then what Michigan State beating Michigan the week after they had just put on this dominating performance against Minnesota. So like nobody knows, the only team that is for real good is Ohio State, offensively. Okay, but hold on, like yes, correct, but 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 like even with even if with, if you want to include the defense they're still the only good team like legitimately good team yes. in the Big 10 yes. but yes offensively there is nobody even close like i know indiana did what they did but like then they went out and scored like 18 points to Mar- against maryland so it's like w- there is nobody skill talent scheme production wise as good as ohio state in the Big 10 offensively so so I'm not gonna even debate or talk about the Big Ten because it's a laughing stock. It's a joke. Um, worst, worst, worst of the Power Five conferences this year. In this my year, this year for sure. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean ACC is looking phenomenal um, with their like top talent. Um, so let's quickly talk. I, I, we can focus on the we don't, I don't we can harp on the defense all we want with Ohio State. It needs worked on. I I'm gonna make a bold prediction and come and that they this week like I don't think Michigan State scores more than 14 points. I I solely believe that like they've worked even though they've been virtual like they were back in the practice field Tuesday they've been practicing. I believe this team is gonna come out pissed, ready together, and I don't think Michigan State scores more than 14 points. That's what I'll, that's what I'll say. Well, Indiana scored a lot of points and they had a lot a lot of big plays, and you can trace almost every single one of those plays actually to a. A, a one safety in particular, yeah, who screwed who screwed things up. Now other people did screw up, for but sure. You're, when you're a racer, when you especially when Ohio State who only plays one high safety most of the time, when you're a racer misses or misreads or does something wrong, it's a touchdown in that system, and that's what happened four or five times. And I don't want to like again. Uh, you're sorry. Spot on. I'm not going to dispute any of that. That was th- the film just said that. Like you can't dispute that. I I will throw out something that is not defending them, but it is just supplementing what happened. Sure. When a team throws the ball 51 times, you are bound to give up bad plays. Now, yeah. should it should it happen five six times f- of 25 or 30 plus yards? Of course not. But let's not forget, he was 27 of 51, Penix was. So he yeah. actually was right around that 55%. So the defense, like, knocked down a lot of passes and played well. Now, he missed guys, too. So, like, this could have been – it could have been 34 or even maybe 35 of 50, you know, of whatever. He could yeah. have had a better game. But but I'm also attributing that to, like, hey, sometimes you just get pressure and you miss. Like, so – that all being said, the fact that 27 passes got completed and they still scored 35 points and a lot of those passes were big plays on blown coverage or dumb mistakes, that's concerning. But the, everybody was like, oh, the 500 yards. Yes, if you throw 51 times, you are going to probably get 500 passing good. yards because you're going to throw a lot. So the number didn't alarm me. It was the the plays of 30 or more and the yeah, big plays the that big was place. alarming, like you mentioned. Right. So – so let's so, but that like I said, I think that's going to get corrected. And 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 now, don't get me wrong. Michigan State's offense is not prolific. It's not good. So yes, that's supplementing. They're probably not even going to be able to normally score more than fourteen points. But like, right. I do believe Ohio State comes out and plays better defensively. Um, Ohio State's a twenty-four point favorite. I would be shocked if they don't cover that spread. Um, if you ask me, 
Now, we talked about what they got to do. So they have to play this week, which it looks like they're going to, and they're on pace too. I'm going to knock on wood here, but like that's what it sounds like is going to happen. Very, very much looking like they're not going to have a game against Michigan, which is very unfortunate. Um, they had, they have. It sounds like they have like ten plus positive COVID tests, which they don't have to report, but people inside the organization are leaking the information. Right. Because they don't really want to play Ohio State. I'm going to come out and say it. Kirk Herbstreet said it last night and he got fucking reamed for it. Why the hell are we reaming a guy for just talking about what the actual truth is? And the truth is that if, if, if you're Michigan, what the fuck do you have to play for playing Ohio State and getting your dicks kicked in? If they don't have anything to play for. They're, they're going to get blown yeah. out. That spread's going to be 25, 26 points. They're going to get blown out. And I'm not saying that like they're lying about their COVID tests. They may have a number that's big enough not to play. But if you have a number that's like on the line or like kind of in the gray area, are you really going to be like, hey, man, yeah, let's go out and get our shit kicked in? No. Now, I read that, but then I was like, wait a minute. They're going to be missing some money though, right? They're missing money. And I don't believe for a second that Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to play Ohio State because I believe that Jim Harbaugh thinks that he can win every single game every week, regardless if it's true or not. And I believe that he wants to be, he thinks that he can beat Ohio State every year, regardless if it's true or not. So, if in fact they do have too many positive COVID tests, I believe that is the reason they're not playing. If it's a gray area, I believe that Jim Harbaugh will try to play. Now, maybe Ohio State says, ah, that's too close. Like, we had to cancel a game because of this. We may just cancel it out of safety. Whatever the case is, I bet you're, believe me, believe you me, if they can play under the protocols of the Big Ten, Jim Harbaugh is going to try to play. I fully believe that. What do you think? Okay. I, I completely agree. I mean, I, you know, and if they don't, let's just be clear. If Ohio State misses either Michigan State or a Michigan game, like they're ineligible for the Big Ten championship. Correct. And that will hurt them come playoff time, I feel like. I don't. And we can no. talk about that. We can talk about that in, in, in a minute. But yes, you okay. everything you said so far, yes, like they if they don't play against Michigan, if they don't have a, if they don't swap a game at some point, they cannot play in the Big 10 title, correct? Yeah. And um what do you okay, the Big 10 protocol for COVID. A lot more strict than everybody else. What do you think of that? Dude, conspiracy theory about to drop right here. So, Kevin Warren didn't want to play the season at all to begin with. We know that right. because he, yeah. from the get-go, with all the evidence he had in every conference, like, yeah, we'll try to make this work. He said no, okay? So he already didn't want to play. His fucking son is playing in the SEC, and he didn't pull his son from the conference. So we know that, like, he's okay with his son playing, but when it comes to his pocketbook and liability, and he's like, did. nah, yeah. I don't want to play. Okay, so that's that's step one. He didn't want to play the season to begin with. So he gets all this pushback. He gets this data that says, hey, it's actually, you know, like, it, it's, you know— 18 to 21 year olds like it's not really affecting them it's okay the, it's right. it's okay like even if they get it they'll be back within 14 days and the, the heart thing wasn't as big of a pro- myocarditis wasn't as big of a thing as they thought so all this stuff comes out where it's like oh shit like it's actually probably okay to play you know like if we want to be honest here's what he did he decided oh okay you guys want to play bet I'll bring the season back, but I'm going to make it damn near impossible for anybody to fucking finish this season, and I'm going to make it damn near impossible for anybody to, to be eligible for the Big Ten title, so we're going to have to shut the season down anyway at some point, and then I can say, oh, sorry, we tried, and then he can satisfy the people that were giving him shit, and then he can satisfy the health nuts that say you shouldn't play. That's it. That's what I completely believe happened. <laughs> That's what it is. 
I mean, you just let it all out there. Why is why is anybody why are people afraid to say that? Like it's it's true. Or I shouldn't say it's true. We haven't proven it to be true. But it's damn near true. <laughs> I mean, it makes I mean what you're saying right now, I mean it it makes sense because nothing about this season has been like in any way, shape, or form since even when they decided to play, which you know I mean, I mean they were okay, they decided not to play and they were silent on the topic like completely. For what six weeks, Joe? They Joe? They brought out a schedule. They laid out a schedule like five weeks before they actually decided to play, and then they canceled it. Why the hell would you bring a schedule out if you have no intention of playing? Right. So it's it, just yeah. It was a complete debacle because Kevin Warren didn't want to play. Then he got pressure, and he made it impossible to play after that. Yeah. So I just think you know, and okay, so. College football rankings. We'll move on to that right now. Okay. You think uh, if Ohio State misses one of these games and misses the Big Ten, so if they only play one more game, one more, because that's what we're talking about, right? Because if they miss Michigan, this is their last game this week. No, no, no. So so they have championship week. Regardless of if they play in the title game or not, that 18th of December, everybody's playing. They're just not playing in a title game. Oh, okay. Remember that? I know that. So they're calling it like championship week. So everybody in the Big Ten is playing like who their counterpart standings would be in the East and West. But they would not be playing in the title game. However, so yes, you're right. They wouldn't be in the title game. But I'm going to throw you out another scenario here. Let's Wisconsin. let's first talk about – there it is. Let's first talk yeah. about the, the rankings. One, Alabama, no qualms there. They're the best team in the country. Two, Notre Dame, who I can make an argument has the best resume, but just isn't necessarily the best team in the country. They could be 1A, 1B. Their their wins are incredible. Okay, so that's two. Three, um, Clemson. Four, yep. Ohio State. I honestly have zero qualms. Like, fine. Okay, I think Ohio State could be over Clemson, but with four games, it's tough to say, okay? Now, I'm going to throw out a scenario of, so they win this weekend— They've got five wins. They don't. Let's say Michigan. They don't play them. So now you're still at five games. You got five. You're five and zero. Oh. There's a potential that they swap out a game if Michigan doesn't play anyway. So there's a chance that they still play Maryland and make up for that game that they missed because because Nebraska could still play Rutgers and they can swap it around. I didn't know that they were. Allowed. I thought the Big Ten, like Kevin Warren, part of his thing was no, we're not making up any games. Like, so we're not doing anything. So it's funny. He was like that, and then he got pushed back because the ACC and SEC and Pac-12 were, were said that they would be okay with playing outside of the conference and swapping games. So he came out and said that, like, he basically came out and said, like, hey, we, we will think about it if the problem arises and the situation arises. Well, hey, buddy, the situation's about to arise. So there's a chance that if they don't play Michigan that they swap the game out for Maryland, and then you get your sixth game. Okay? Now... Let's say they don't play that sixth or that sixth game and it gets moved or you know it gets canceled and they don't necessarily fit the qualification to play in the title game. There's a chance that they play a higher ranked team in Wisconsin on the week of the championship week because they are ineligible to also play in the Big 10 title, but the the college football playoff rankings doesn't care about that. So they could be a top 10 team and be higher ranked in the Northwestern but not playing the title game, and Ohio State would have a chance to get a better win not playing in the Big Ten title for their fifth game, or sorry, for their sixth game, even if they don't make the title. Okay, so 
if that scenario plays out like you say, then yes, they can get to the they can get to the college football playoff, right? So I, mean, I feel like, but if they if this right now if this ends up being their last game or whatever, okay, I guess if they're playing Wisconsin. Well, so th- this week. this will not be their last game. Regard well, sorry, unless it gets canceled. So but like if they this, go six and zero. Oh, you think they still got it? I think if they go five and zero, oh, they still have it. I think if they go four and zero, oh, they still have it. I've said that. They're, the committee is uh, so. If you want me to get going, I'll talk about the committee all day because it's fucked up. Okay, but <laughs> there, be, well, here's why. Let me just briefly say: How can you have a committee that doesn't have a set co- has set protocol they have to follow every year? How can you have that? Oh, no, yeah. You make it up as you go. They just it's made up that. every week. Yeah. Every week they right. decide to take something else into account. So it's already screwed up. But if you're going to have a committee that's already subjective every single week, why the hell do we have to say that if you only play four wins that it doesn't matter? Because here's why. Because the committee's one mission that they say every year is to find the four best teams in college football. You can't tell me that just from, from, from the four games that they've played and from watching everything that you know that Ohio State isn't one of the four best teams in the country. They could play zero games, and I still think they're the, the top four teams in the country. So, okay, so I so, agree. But they, they need to reword what the playoff is then because 100%. Like, there has to be some, like, okay. It should be rewarded who has – the best season, the best resume. But that's you know, what the like but that. that's what the BCS did, and they said fuck that. That's what the BCS did, and they said fuck that. So that you, they can't. What they have to do is they have to have a set of rules and a protocol that they follow every single week. And if you started with that in whatever year it was, twenty fourteen, if you would have started with that in fourteen and kept it consistent for the next six years, then I'd be on board with that. But every year it's like, oh, don't have a bad loss or have a good win or go undefeated or win your conference. And it's like, no, you don't have a set of rules. So I agree with you. If that was what they started in twenty fourteen, who has the best season and best resume? then I'd be down for it or who has the best data points whatever but instead the only thing that they ever say is we want to pick the four best teams in college football well that's so subjective that resume and data and wins don't matter yeah so in my eyes if you then you're then again you're looking at like recruiting rankings you're looking at revenue which some of those that stuff doesn't matter when it comes down to picking the four you know most deserving and that's another word who's the most deserving again that's all subjective Right. Which is why I think the committee should use BCS, and then they should also be able to make their decision. I've said it that you should use both. Look at the computer. What does the computer say? Does the computer say, "Oh, well, these four teams are the best ones," and then you can debate between six of them? I don't, the only issue that I had with the BCS was is exclusivity. Like, if you use that to pick the the top four, top six teams, top eight teams into a playoff, I'd be fine with that. Exactly, and it was very it was very biased to power heavy conferences like their top heavy conferences like the sec sure. like it always took into account it was like extremely, conference yeah. strength and like never looked at like or the top of the conference and never looked at like vanderbilt like you know or whomever at the bottom right whereas like the committee can look and say oh well everybody says the sec is good but like vanderbilt is zero and nine so like you know how are we really looking at this and and for the big 10 this year it does not deserve the weight of a good conference so that's where my where I struggle with the committee is we haven't had a set protocol for six years, and we can't just say that like you have to win eight games for that to mean you're a good team. That that's not yeah. what the committee said. It's not what they said. They said 
You can. There's no minimum requirement to make the college football playoff in terms of wins. So if that's the case, or games played. So if that's the case, then if 5-0 and Ohio State, if you believe is one of the best teams in the country, then they should be in the top four regardless of how many games that they play. Now, the big, the big thing that's going to throw all this in, in, into a tizzy is if Florida nice beats word. Alabama, is Florida beats Alabama, and if Clemson and if if uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame, there's going to be chaos, and that might be the thing that gets Ohio State bumped. If they, you know, like you said, if they don't get that championship game, we I know this for a fact. If Ohio State wins their next games, if they get a replacement game, they and they beat whoever that is, Northwestern probably or if Iowa, they go undefeated. Yeah. They're not keeping them out. The right. only crutch that they're holding on to is if they only play four games or right. f- you know, or five. That's what the committee is like, ah, that might be the thing that keeps them out. If they go undefeated with a title, they're in. It, it, it's just – it's not even a question. Yeah. So, you know. I want to go back now, to the Big Ten real quick. Yeah, go one for more, it. One more. Uh, the conference as a whole. So, obviously, this year has just been completely chaotic, and the East is absolutely turned upside down. With yeah. Rutgers and Maryland actually looking like competent teams, and Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State looking just terrible. Do you think that this is okay? There's a couple factors here, right? There's COVID, weird season, everything going on. Rutgers and Maryland are kind of taking advantage of it a little bit, at least, right? Um, you got Shiano and Rutgers right now, who. Rutgers, did you know that they have over 40 brand new players to the program this year? <laughs> that's crazy. I did. I mean, either, I feel like I read it was like, transfers. Yeah. oh, that's right. You said that. Like, transfers. yeah, they have so yeah. many new people. Yeah. Correct. So like Shiano comes in, looks around and says, these aren't big 10 players. And then just goes to Juco's and gets guys to transfer in. That's literally what happened. Yeah. they. they so. I remember watching that broadcast. They was like, Juco this, Juco that. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm not saying that Rutgers and Maryland have staying power, okay, or that they are going to continue to fight for second place in the East or whatever you want to say, okay? Yeah. I don't think moving forward they're going to be the doormats that we have thought of them as the Big Ten here. And here's the real reason why is because they are now, after this season, either starting the season or I think 2021, they are now full Big Ten members, which means they get full revenue share. They were getting half up to this point. They didn't have the recruiting budgets. They didn't have the facilities. They didn't have the ability to go out and spend the money that uh, the rest of the Big Ten did. So now going forward, they are, it's in their contract, they are actual full members who get a slice of that. So I think we might see them become more competitive. Now, what does that look like? I don't know. I'm not making anything. But uh, the days, I think, of Rutgers going, you know, 1-30 and in their last 31 Big Ten games or whatever the fuck it was, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Yeah, I... I, I yeah I agree I I don't know like wh- like you said I don't know what the staying power is but but Shiano being there is huge and um, yes he's a great evaluator of talent and he's a great coach and so like yeah they're they're gonna always be or from now on as long as he's there they're gonna be competitive they may not win five games but they'll damn they'll compete in every single one of those games that they play 
Um, and yes, all the stuff you said about revenue is absolutely spot on. It plays a huge role. People don't like to talk about that, but it plays a massive role, whether you want to admit it or not. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what goes what, what the Big Ten has in store for the, you know the future with those programs because again, it used to be if you had you circled Rutgers, Maryland, and you know whatever uh, uh, Purdue and, and Illinois these teams on your schedule, and it was like oh win 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 win, and now it's like. They're wins, but like, man, you don't just get, they don't just roll over anymore. Um, and it's Maryland, not historically bad. It's not like playing yeah. a, you know, a, a group of five or, you know, a, a doormat. At least yeah. I don't think it's going to be, you know, I mean, they are at least a big 10 team. I feel like Rutgers and Maryland. So. For sure. All right, let's round it off um, with some, some college basketball. Um, it started, you know, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It's now been, um, you know, uh, a week and a day, almost a week. And um, I know, Joe, you and I were chatting back and forth about the UK-Kansas game that happened last night, which actually was pretty much a pretty abysmal game. Um, I don't know if you watched the games after that, but there was Baylor taking on Illinois. That was actually a really good game um, for, for a little bit. And then some teams just start to pull away. But, um, you know, it's, it's going through the same crap that college football is, right? Like players have to, they have to cancel games. Players have to sit out. Players are missing games because of, you know, tests and stuff like that. So it's going to be a grind all year. They had some really cool preseason tournaments canceled that they had scheduled and all this stuff. So, like, it's a grind. Um, So my thoughts, like, on the season so far are, like, hey, kudos for getting done what you get done because 32-game seasons in a a pandemic is going to be really tough. Um, So whatever you can get done, get done. Um, Like Ohio State had a preseason tournament. They had to cancel it, but they scheduled non-conference games in place of that. Like kudos to you for doing that because a lot of teams may not even do that. Um, But we've seen the like effects of not being able to practice and not being able to have a ton of contact and all that, like some bad basketball being played to start. Um, Teams are starting to get in the flow of things and they're starting to get a little better, but some really rough basketball. Um, A lot of unders to start the year in terms of the total. Um, some teams like are, are blowing the over over cause like it's a, ma- a mismatch. And, but like yeah. for the most part, like that UK Kansas game last night, I want to say like the under the total was like one forty nine. That game was like, was abysmal. So, it um, it, it'll, it'll take some time. Like once we get into conference play, like December ish, like I expect it to be a little better, but that's just barring, you know, stuff not happening with COVID. So thoughts so far are like, Hey, I get it. It's tough to play. Um, but kudos to what they're doing so far, but this is going to be a grind. It really is. Um, I mean, you've watched a little bit of college basketball. Have you watched, like you watched some big name teams last night and you've watched some Ohio state play some too. And of the games you've watched, like what's the best team you've seen so far, if you had to guess. I don't know, man. Like it, it, it's too early to tell for me. I yeah. think, uh, you know, here's an interesting question. Big 10, teams don't win NCAA titles it just right. doesn't happen they have anybody they've got some they've got some top talent this year do you have anybody that you could see could realistically win the title this year um no I mean it's unfortunate I would say it's between like Iowa right Illinois and maybe Michigan State and Ohio State like those are your like but again no one is like a, they're just not they're not talented and like just they don't have the nba guys enough like they, they don't just have don't. the nba guys the big 10 it, does not have the nba guys that's really what it is and i, I, I mean they have, some, they have some that come in but you know yeah. you're not getting um 
you're not getting a lot of one and dones. That's just not how their conference is built. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to diminish their basketball because of course not. They're going to get eleven. They're going to get eleven yeah. or twelve teams in the tournament. Like this year, right. it's going to be loaded with Big Ten teams. It's going to be deep. It's going to be you know, but you know the conferences as a whole. But uh, you know they are. There's not a team that's going to go and win thirty games. You know what I mean? That's going to go thirty and one. Yeah, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, there's a lot of good teams, so they're all going to beat up on each other, and like they're going to win their home games and maybe not, and play away games and stuff like that. So, right. but you're right. Like, there's no team that I see like winning seven games in the NCAA tournament just like every other day a grind because they don't have the NBA players, and like we've seen it. It's the Kentuckys, it's the Dukes, it's the um, the Kansases, the guys that like get those. The Villanovas that yeah. get the Villanovas, UNC, the guys that get those NBA players, they start them raw and then they get them really, really good by the end of the year. And the Big Ten right. just doesn't have that necessarily. So it's they'll compete, but they won't. They won't compete for titles necessarily. Um, so was my Michigan best team State in like ninety nine two thousand was that the last Big Ten title team twenty years? That was ago? last one. Yeah, Illinois went once. Ohio State went once. No, and Michigan. They didn't win. No, they went right. Well, and yeah. and Wisconsin played Duke and lost in like twenty fifteen right. or something like that. So yeah, so they've they've been. It's not like that again. It's it's not even that they can't make it. It's yeah. that they always just end up getting getting put up against a team that's just more talented. It, that just it's has un- two or three NBA players. Yep, and they just can't compete athletically. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna. I have a nomination for two of the best teams that I've watched. One of them is outside the top ten. Um. Texas is unbelievable. Um, Shaka Smart has Whoa. hair now. I don't know if you've seen, but like Shaka Smart has hair. No way. Um, he like has a dope ass fro, and I don't know how it happened, but like he's got a That's sick afro. So look it up. Um, Texas, right I think, now. is undefeated and just just won a pre like not a preseason, but like one of those like early season tournaments. They just beat like three ranked teams and, and beat North Carolina. So they're real. I mean, they're really good. Um, and then Gonzaga. I, I understand that Gonzaga doesn't win in the tournament, and that's okay. But like regular season right now, Gonzaga is so damn good. They've got um, Jalen Suggs, who is the best player I've seen and the best player that they've gotten through that program. Like, um, I think he's the highest rated recruit they've ever had. Not saying that he was the yeah. best, but he's the highest rated recruit. Um, so he's he's there. Um, but the Gonzaga and Texas are the two best teams that I've seen so far this year. Just like from only watch from watching like three games that they've played. Um, the dude from Iowa, Luca Garza, is the best player I've seen right now. Dude went like forty-seven and like twelve the other night, um, yeah, and I'm like, crazy. and he's crazy good. But again, he's a farm boy, farm boy white boy from the Big Ten that will fan out in the NBA. He just will. It, it, so Doesn't have the athleticism. Nope. So get it while you can now, because like it ain't happening much farther than that. Um, yeah. But the other guys, like I said, Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga has been really good. The dude, uh, Cade Cunningham, the guy that the number one recruit in the country that went to Oklahoma State, his brother's on staff there. He's been really good. People compared him to Luca. I don't like doing that to, to college kids. That's just not fair. But no. he's but he's damn good. Um, Xavier Williams, the dude from Bronny's team in high school, went to Stanford. He's really he's good. Very good. Yeah. Very polished. Um, and then one more. Who was the other guy that I had in my brain? Um, maybe that was it. Those guys. Those are some of the best players I've seen so far. And, again, a lot of those guys were top recruits. So, yeah, they're always going to pan out. 
um, and they're always going to be really good. So, like, it makes sense. Oh, and then, sorry, um, Evan Mobley from USC. He's a guy that was, like, the number three recruit in the country. He's He showed out um, two games ago. I think he had, like, 25 and 10 or something like that. So these dudes are balling. Like, they're, they're good. They're always going to be good. It's like, can you do it every night? Can you have the drive and, like, care about college basketball every single night? That's what it comes down to. Right. Um, quickly, have you watched Ohio State at all? I have. How, what do you think? That's suing guy. Yeah, he's 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 good. So um, I expected Dwayne Washington to um, take a couple steps. I feel like he's he's kind of there. I don't know. I just get this like sometimes I think he's like an NBA talent and sometimes like he's not. It's just extremely weird. I don't know. So so you'll be able to understand this because you, you and I have watched Ohio State basketball for a while. Yeah. When it was Thad Mata, when it was now now Chris Holtman, when it was, you know, I didn't watch a ton before Thad Mata, so like I don't have a great reference there, but like let's call it from Thad Mata to now. They go on spurts where they just don't score. Like they will have five, six, seven minute droughts where it's terrible basketball, turnovers, terrible, or not even terrible shots, but just like good shots that they just brick, like just bad shots and, and all this stuff. And then they'll defend at a decent level, but like at the, but when you've exerted so much defensive ability and you stopped them and you can't score buckets on the other end, it sucks this year. I haven't seen that yet, but it's coming. Like again, with you said, Dwayne didn't take as many of the steps as we wanted. Some of these guys like, and the point guard position always just seems to be such a problem with them. Somebody had told me that, like, the the best player – I read an article or whatever, like, a, a preseason guy. I can't remember where it was because I just immediately dismissed it or whatever. But they said our the best player on this team or whose team it was or whatever was C.J. Walkers. But, he, but, it, but like, doesn't that – that's the problem. Like, he <laughs> – He's the point guard and he's a senior and like everybody talks about oh he's been around the league like he's been around and he's like dude he's, he's, not that, that, he's not even that good. We haven't had a good point guard since Mike Conley. Aaron Kraft? Oh, come on. You don't like Aaron Kraft? No, no, no. As, don't don't okay. get me wrong. As as a point guard, I see what you're saying. Thank you. As somebody a point who guard. Can run, somebody yes. who will run your offense, somebody who can get into the paint buckets. I, he's I, not I, a I th- he was never a threat to score at any moment. <laughs> Also, Ohio State does this thing. They did it with Thad Matta quite a bit, too. And sorry, I, I know I missed Evan Turner, but Evan Turner wasn't a point guard. He was, no. but he wasn't. So, yeah. yes, he was the he was an, he was was the best player in, in college basketball at one point. Great. But he's not a point guard. Miss me with that. The uh, the thing about Ohio State, though, is I, their offensive system I just hate. Yeah. Um, and I hate it under Matta, and I don't like it much better under Holman because it's basically pretty much the exact same thing. And it's basically um, there's so much movement on the perimeter like everything is done outside the three-point line if you watch it's it's dribble handoffs it's you know ball screen into a dribble handoff it's it's all this stuff and there's not a whole lot of taking advantage of other space and it just seems very easy to defend and they're just passing the ball around the perimeter uh until someone finds a slight opening that they can drive into and then you know and hope they make it and it's just it's strange to me i don't know and Joe, you and I both know this. Like when you, with all this stuff in the NBA, even in, in, in like these blue blood programs in college, but just in general, when you're doing like a pick and roll or a ball screen, your entire goal is to get a mismatch somewhere, right? Yeah. Whether it's like on a switch where you you can now throw it in the post to a smaller guy that's on a big guy posting up, whatever. 
or you get a big guy on the point guard out in the perimeter and you can drive by him or do whatever you want. Ohio State, no matter what mismatch they get in, I don't ever feel like they have a mismatch because the big men aren't that good and the point guards aren't good enough to create their own shot. So it's like, like you said, they're, everything's on the perimeter and they're trying to find a mismatch, but then they just can't. And so it's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to pull up a three from somewhere, or we're going to kind of hope Kyle Young can like do a dribble spin move and get a bucket. And it's like, this is not, this is not sustainable and it's not great offense because there's just no mismatches happening anywhere. No, and like they just And it sounds so mean because Ohio State is a good program. Like don't get me wrong. They're a good they're, basketball they're, team. But they're, they're not solid, elite. They're, yeah, they're solid defensively. Like I think Holtman is a good coach. I you know forget this is already his fourth season. Uh yeah, third or fourth, yeah. 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 Um, you know, he's made the tournament all except for one year, I believe. Yeah. And uh like I don't know. I expect a little bit more at this point. Yeah, I, do. I don't know. It's I don't even know what I expect anymore, which is really unfortunate because it's like I just know that we're probably going to win like one or two games in the tournament, maybe only one, and then it's like, oh, that's a decent season. And at some point, like, we have to be upset about that, right? Like that Ohio State yes. yeah. is a program that like I know that it's not necessarily the greatest, but it's Ohio State. Like you should be able to get high-end talent to come to your school and the fact that you're only winning one or two if that games in the big in the big dance that's unfortunate like it just is that's not a success if you're Ohio State so um do do we do we have a toast of the week do you have a toast Joe I forgot I completely forgot about our toast of the week (laughs) you got one um so here's here's what I'll do okay I'm I'm going to toast to I'm going to toast to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And here's why. Mostly I'm just going to toast to LeBron James. But I'll <laughs> but like I'll throw Anthony Davis in there too. But I'm going to toast to LeBron James because for for a dude who who has who had who at one point had very little education like house to house, didn't even have like a stable living environment, like moved all around and like did all this stuff. And, you know, had his, his mom sometimes like was in and out of the picture. You know, dad was never in the picture, lived with like family or friends, whatever. This dude has set up every single person in his entire circle for their entire lives. Clutch sports, um, uninterrupted, uh, Maverick Carter, all of these people, he has set them up for success for the entire life. And a lot of guys try to do that and they flame out. Yeah. So for a dude who is now 36 to sign a, you know, a, a two and one or a one and one, whatever it was, with the money that he just signed at going to be probably 40 or so, 38, 39 by the time this is all over, and he'll get another one probably. Like, I'm just going to toast to a dude that, like, as he says all the time, like he doesn't belong here. Like not many people make it to where he is from where he's from. And he got a dude to now just sign on with him, AD for the next five years. And, um, a lot of people said LeBron James was like the worst GM of all time. And he's a terrible GM and he's not a great leader. He's, he runs people away, blah, blah, blah. Well, if AD believed all that and it was true, he wouldn't have signed five years. So he's the best GM of all time. He's the best player of all time. And he sets all of his families and friends and his circle up. He's the only one to do it right and do it perfectly. And he's never been in the news for anything bad. So 
I'm going to toast to the dude that's now set up an entire school for kids, um, you know, who was told to shut up and dribble, and he decided that he was like, nah, I'm going to set up an entire school for people. Um, when the current president said that, like, he should just shut up and he was a terrible human, um, he's done nothing but good things for everybody. Um, and, yeah, maybe he talks a little too much for your liking, but, like, who doesn't? Um, so I'm going to toast to that dude. I could toast him every week, but, like, that's what we're going to do on the news of him getting a contract extension. You're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you thanks, good? guys, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, you know, who, the NBA season starting back up. We didn't even talk about. Oh shoot, we didn't even talk about what the what the NBA season is going to look like. Christmas oh, Day is no. going to be dope. We'll talk about that yeah. next week. We'll uh, talk about all who's right. playing on Christmas Day and and you know all that stuff. But uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back to talk more basketball next week. Thanks, guys.